Hello, Jags Nation. Welcome to the Teal Tongue Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the Teal Deal, Jacob Nichols. This is episode five of the Teal Tongue Podcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Shad Khan's comments regarding Yannick Ngakwe. Um, I guess rather his rumored comments or feelings on the situation. Uh, we're going to take a look at the breakdown of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, draft visits so far. Um, what positional groups have they been talking to most? Um, what position group have they not talked to at all? Um, not really a surprise to me, but maybe a surprise to some on that one. And that's going to segue um, into a little discussion about Leonard Fournette. Uh, buckle up, and here we go on another episode of the Teal Tongue Pod. According to Pete Prisco of CBS Sports, Shad Khan has voiced... Uh, that he wants Yannick Ngakwe to remain a Jacksonville Jaguar. Um, if you're a Jaguar fan, this situation seems all too familiar. Uh, just last season, we went through almost an identical scenario um, with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, things went wrong one way or another. Jalen felt disrespected by the way he was talked to after the Texans game. Um, I believe Ngakwe's uh situation began last summer um, with the contract that was offered to him um, and then the refusal of the Jaguars front office to uh, negotiate any further after their original offer um yeah it's just it's unfolding exactly like the Ramsey situation did uh it's almost scary how identical that situation or this situation is to that situation. Um, but make, make no mistake, Yannick Ngakwe is not going to put a Jaguars jersey on again. Um, this is a, a very clear leverage move, um, in my opinion, on the part of Shad Khan. Uh, say what you want about Shad Khan. Um, I'm not his biggest supporter in Jacksonville. Um... I think that his eyes are on a different prize um, than the rest of Jacksonville. And you can't fault him for that. Uh, at the end of the day, he's the owner of the team. It's his money on the line. Uh, he's going to do what's best for him. But as a fan of the football team, um, it's it's hard to back it's hard to back Con. Um, but, but regardless of that, uh, he's one hell of a businessman. Um and and that's what this that's that's what this move is. Um, I believe it was a calculated move by Khan uh, to get that out into the media. Um, this is, in my opinion, um, Khan's attempt to make uh, other organizations believe um, that he's completely okay with sitting on Yannick Ngakwe on the franchise tag um, with the risk of just letting him walk next year. Uh, which would be a horrible business move. Um, and, and back to Khan being a businessman, uh, you just don't let a player like Ngakwe walk. Um, so I do believe that Khan purpose, purposefully got this information out, um, hoping that maybe this this ups the offers um, that Jacksonville, Jacksonville receives. Um, 
Maybe they're close to a deal. Um, a little bit more on that here in a second, actually. But maybe they're close. Maybe they were close to a deal at time. Uh, and this was Khan's Khan's way of trying to push the other organization uh, just a little bit to meet um, what Jacksonville wants uh, for Yannick in a perfect world at the end of the day, um, which by all accounts, um, and they've made it clear, includes a first-round pick. Uh, and that's that's hard to get in return for a player that's made it very clear he doesn't want to be there. Um, but this is Khan's attempt at taking a little leverage back um, that Ngakwe has handed away um, via Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, make no doubt, Khan's a hell of a businessman, and there's nothing more to that. Um, if you're a Jaguars fan that loves Ngakwe, I love Ngakwe. Uh, he's everything that we want in a Jaguars player. Um, but sometimes things just don't work out uh, in this situation. Uh, in most situations, when you have a star player in Jacksonville, it's not going to work out um, as of late, unfortunately. Um, but at this point, we all know um, it's best for both sides to move on. And that's the direction we're heading in. Uh, rather you want to believe Khan's statement or not, um, I'm not. But, you know, only time will tell. And that brings us to today. Um, a rumor actually broke today um, stating where multiple people believe that the Jaguars already have a trade in place for Ngakwe, uh, but they're going to wait until draft night to announce it. Um, several reasons for this. Um, before I go any further, is this possible? Yes, this is possible. Um, I don't. However, I don't believe that there is truth to this rumor if anything i believe that this is another leverage move um by the jaguars uh maybe to up the urgency of some organizations they've been talking with uh rumored uh cleveland and rumored with cleveland uh we know how they love to bring in the stars the big names on that team so Cleveland's a rumored destination that this trade could be in place with. Uh, the Jets, who have been around all offseason, they've kind of faded recently. But I wouldn't discount the Jets in this situation. And then you have the Eagles. I just don't think that the Eagles have... Not necessarily have. I don't think that the Eagles are going to be willing to give up what they would have to give to get Ngakwe. Uh, having a later first-round pick, I think that would require two first-rounds from the Eagles uh, in order to land in Gakwe. And I just don't think they're willing to do that uh, as much money as they already have tied up in that defensive line. Uh, it would be tough um, to bring in another guy that you're going to have to pay uh, top-of-the-market price on. Uh, but if they were, that Eagles defensive line would be absolutely nasty. I think it would probably rival Baltimore's for best uh, best in the league. But like I said, I don't believe Philly, uh, regardless of what Ngakwe posts on social media, I just don't know if that's necessarily a realistic landing spot. Um, 
But yeah, as far as that rumor goes, I think that's just more of a leverage thing. I think maybe Jacksonville's front office might have thrown it out there to see who picked it up and ran with it. Um, but like I said earlier in the pod, uh, only time will tell uh, all of these rumors surrounding Ngakwe and surrounding the Jaguars um, what, uh, what truth there is and what is just uh, smoking mirrors. <laughs> Tom Clingsbury released a very interesting graph today um, that showed what positions NFL teams have interviewed the most um, in regards to the, the draft coming up here in less, less than two weeks. I think we're about 10 days, 9 or 10 days out now. Um, in Jacksonville, it was very surprising in one area. Um, in my opinion, Jacksonville has had the second least visits with prospects uh, for the upcoming draft, which I found very odd because, as many of you know, I believe we're tied for second or third uh, in draft picks um, in this upcoming draft. And only the Rams have interviewed uh, less prospects than we have, which is, I found that a little bizarre. Uh, with the number of draft picks we have. Um, but some very good news uh, for me, maybe not so much for others. Um, but the number one position we've visited with so far uh, is the cornerback position. I, I'm i a big fan of that. Everybody in, everybody in Jacksonville knows that we're missing that number one guy. Um... And hopefully, with two first-round draft picks, I'm very confident that we're going to bring in that number one guy. Will he be ready from day one? It's tough to tell. Uh, I think that as far as corners go, this is a very good corner draft class. Um, And with two first-round picks, I think it's almost a guarantee we're going to walk away uh, with one starting caliber corner. Whether he's ready to be that number one corner or not from day one, uh, we'll find out rather quickly come week one once that ball's snapped. Uh, But I think Jacksonville's in a very good spot. Uh, And I'm glad to see that that's the position we've looked hard at so far. And this comes as no surprise to me. This whole offseason, I've been a little... A little shocked by how much uh, us, us fans in Jacksonville want to bring in more receivers. Um, Chark, Chark was what we all expected him to be last year. Um, when we drafted DJ Chark, we all, maybe not all of us, um, but I felt that we stole DJ Chark. I thought that was a wonderful draft pick. Uh, getting him where we did. I didn't think he was going to fall to us, but he did. And his rookie season was a, a little bit of a letdown. Um, but as we know, rookie receivers don't don't usually perform in that rookie season. Um, usually it takes, takes them a year or two to get uh, used to the NFL, uh, used to the playbook, um, and the timing with a quarterback. Uh, that's just something, it's, it's just kind of understood um, that most receivers, even the elite receivers coming out, uh, there's a few here or there. 
Uh, but for the most part, you're going to have a year or two of time when that receiver needs to get used to the NFL, the offense, uh, the new team, his teammates. And that's just that's just how it is. And DJ Chark took that huge step forward last year, uh, becoming one of the better receivers in the AFC. And that being said, so, so far, um, according to Tom Klingsbury, the Jaguars have visited with zero wide receivers in a class that is being talked about as one of the deepest wide receiver classes we've ever seen. The Jaguars have not visited with a single one. I don't have a problem with that. I am very confident in our receiver room as it sits right now. If the season were to kick off tomorrow, I have faith in the guys that we have lining up on the outside for Minshew to get the ball to. I think Didi is due for a bounce back season. Uh, last year, a lot of people were expecting Didi to maybe do what Chark did. And I don't necessarily think Didi is going to put up the numbers that Chark did this year because it's, it's hard to have two receivers uh, post the type of numbers that Chark did. But I think Didi sees a very big uptick in his production from last season. Um, and Keelan Cole was almost non-existent last year. Um, and I just, I just see Keelan having a better season as well. And then you have Chris Conley, who we knew who we got in Chris Conley. I believe we brought Chris Conley in to have a big body when we get in the red zone. Uh, didn't help last year. We had one of the worst red red zone offenses in the league. But I think we have a very solid receiving core in Jacksonville. I don't think there's any reason with the holes that we currently have on our team to reach for a wide receiver. Not even to reach for one, but to take a wide receiver in the first four or five rounds. You want to take a late round flyer on a receiver, that's fine. Uh, but as many holes as we have, I just don't think it's necessary to take a receiver. That being said, if we roll around to the third round, maybe the fourth, I'll take that back. Uh, the fourth round, if Gabe Davis is still on the board in the fourth round out of UCF, I think you have to take him. Uh, right now, he's. I think he's going to be the steal of the draft. Gabe Davis is an absolute monster out of UCF. Uh, put work in on uh, the corner out of Stanford, who's regarded as one of the better corners in this class. He's just, he's a grown man. Uh, he's got the size, the athleticism. Uh, he's got it all. Um, and if he's there in the fourth round, you can't pass him up. It would be hard for me to to watch him be passed up by the Jaguars in the third round. Um, but as I said, I just don't think receivers that big of a need right now for the Jaguars, and that and. And with that belief, I just don't know if I can justify taking Gabe Davis in the third round. Uh, but don't get me wrong, Gabe Davis is going to be a number one wide receiver down the road. Uh, and I, I fullheartedly believe that. Uh, moving on from the not visiting with a wide receiver yet, um, the second and third place uh, 
positions as far as number of visits go. So the second highest number of visits the Jaguars have had so far is with the offensive line. Uh, that's very much needed. Line play was not all that great last year. I think, especially with this many picks, uh, this, this is a draft where even if you're not drafting guys to start uh, this coming season, this is where you want to fill up that line for the seasons to come. Um, with guys that you can develop into uh, starters down the road uh, when you have these guys whose contracts are up. Uh, when Norrell, Norrell's contract's up, I know a lot of Jaguars fans want him gone now, but uh, just stuff like that. These are guys you bring in to replace your starters. Uh, that way you don't have to pay them as much, um, and you can build your roster um, in other positions and try and keep that that cap down as much as possible. And this wasn't a surprise to me, um, but that being said, I, I know how the Jaguars front off. I think I know what the Jaguars front office thinks of Fournette, but uh, the number three uh, most interviewed position for the Jaguars is the running back position. This is a very, very, very deep running back class. You can get a starting caliber running back in the third round, no sweat. Uh, you don't even have to think about taking one earlier if you think that one's not going to fall to the third round. This running back class is very, very, very deep. Uh, and this is our number third most interviewed position. This is very interesting to me. Maybe I'm reading too deep into it, uh, but as many of us know, this is it for Fournette uh, after this season. It's going to be it for that rookie contract, so it's either we bring Fournette back, we re-sign him, or we let Fournette walk. I'm not a fan of letting Fournette walk, uh, and let me, let me explain why that is. I believe that Leonard Fournette is a, a model Jaguar, uh, much like Ngakwe has been, uh, a model Jaguar. Our front office has preached what they want in a player that puts on the teal and black. Fournette has done nothing uh, since his second season, but check all of those boxes off. He's a leader. He reps Duval. And his play on the field speaks for itself. Uh, recently, Fournette went live on Instagram with, uh, White from Buffalo, uh, the cornerback over there, heck of a young talent, uh, and he was quoted as saying, I do believe the Jaguars are going to put a couple pieces around me, try to get everything going. We have a great quarterback in Minshew, we got DJ, we got DD." we got going to put some pieces together with our line. We have tight ends. I think some people are going to be surprised by us next year. Fournette. In a world where Fournette could just as easily turn his back on the Jacksonville Jaguars like every, one of his other, like every other one of his star teammates. Not every star teammate. Calais was... We all loved Calais. Hurt to see him go... But in the long run, I think it's something we had to do. Um, AJ 
I don't know if you would call AJ a star, but at one point people thought AJ and Jalen were the best cornerback duo in the league. Uh, did nothing but work. Um, but Fournette has followed in those guys' footsteps as he, after his second season, at the end of his second season, he hit a bumpy road with the front office. Um, whether that was the front office or specifically Tom Coughlin, uh, I believe it was brought about by Coughlin. We all know Coughlin loves the fine. Uh, we know the story, blah, blah, blah. Fournette has been nothing but the model Jaguar since that second season. In the offseason, he's been putting the work in. He's been isolating himself. Fournette's not flashy. He shows up. He puts the work in. He's going to hit you in the mouth. He reps the Jaguars. He doesn't talk bad about the organization. He's even got a little bit of humor. Fournette being a part of the playoff run in 2017, he has seen every single one of those guys that was important to that team leave. Fournette is one of the last guys standing from that squad. And as he's seen each one of those key players from that 2017 roster walk away, he showed a little humor on Twitter. I have grown to love Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard is the leader of this offense. Yes, you, your quarterback is always going to be the leader of your offense. But I think that Fournette has taken the reins of this offense. And he has grown immensely since the day he was drafted by Jacksonville. Coming up on his contract after this season, he's due a new contract. And after this McCaffrey contract, this what is Fournette going to demand? Uh, it's going to depend on what he does this season. He's got a lot riding on this season. I'm expecting a monster season from Fournette. Uh, leading the league in rushing type season. Um, being one of the top backs in catches type season. Fournette can be on the field every down and produce. I'm usually not a fan of paying running backs, but as far as Leonard Fournette goes, I think that it is I I cannot not I cannot justify not paying Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has earned a contract, um, been nothing done nothing but what you've asked of him these past couple years. And this is another chance for this Jaguars front office to try and fix the problems they've they've caused. They're not looked at very fondly by the NFLPA, by other NFL players. Ngakwe was everything you wanted, and this situation has turned ugly because you didn't want to pay him. If you pay Fournette, it can bury the Jalen, the Ngakwe situations. Um, and I think that paying Fournette would go a long, long way uh, for Jacksonville and for the success of this franchise. And that's going to do it for episode 5 of the Teal Tongue Podcast. If you like what you've heard uh, throughout this pod, head over to Twitter and give me a follow at jnick1295. That is J-N-I-C-H-1295. Thank you for listening.